WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. Whirlpool has unveiled its new 153,000-square-foot technology center in St. Joseph. The more than $60 million project will replace much of the current St. Joseph Technology Center. Dignitaries from across the state gathered today for the ribbon-cutting on a building that Whirlpool says will not only be more comfortable and convenient for current employees, but will also help to attract new employees. Governor Gretchen Whitmer attended and told us it's a big win for Michigan and the community when a company like Whirlpool invests at home. It's hard to overstate the impact of Whirlpool in this part of the state and frankly to our state as we talk about our manufacturing prowess and our high quality of life and skills that we have to offer. Whirlpool is an important linchpin, but this local community without question feels it every single day. The facility will house the development of dishwashers and washing machines. Whirlpool CEO Mark Bitzer said the company's invested around $250 million in the Benton Harbor-St. Joseph areas in the past 10 years. He said Whirlpool's commitment to the area leads to more dedicated employees. Yes, it's a commitment to our roots, but frankly, from a business perspective, it is also somewhat selfish. I mean, it pays off for us. It makes good business sense to have a lot of operations here in southwest Michigan. Bitzer said there are even third-generation Whirlpool employees in town, and the company would never find that kind of loyalty if it moved somewhere else. Celebrated today was the first of a three-phase plan to redesign the Whirlpool Research and Development Facility. As more phases are complete, more employees will be moved from the old tech center to the new until the older four-story building is torn down. Whirlpool plans to start moving employees into the new building in late September or early October. The Berrien County Parks Department is raising money for the new playground at Silver Beach County Park. Parks Director Jill Adams told county commissioners this week the plan for a new playground goes back several years as the current equipment is more than 30 years old. She wants to install modern equipment that will be accessible to all children. The main overall goal for the Silver Beach Playground Project is to create a playground where every kid can come and play, their parents and grandparents can play alongside them without any barriers or limitations. Adams said the Parks Department has been talking with engineers for design ideas. She's also been asking those who will be affected the most. The best thing that I've experienced going around to different playgrounds and talking to kids and parents is that personal feedback. Go to a playground. What's the highlight? What do the kids like the most? Let's try to get some of those elements incorporated in. The county has been awarded an $850,000 state spark grant for the new playground equipment, but Adams says the total project cost is expected to come in at $1.25 million. That's why she's raising funds now, and anyone can contribute. The Berrien Community Foundation has helped launch a web page where donations can be made. We'll have a link to it at our website. Adams says the goal is to raise $400,000 by the end of the year, so installation of the new playground can begin in the fall of next year. Michigan has now seen two months in a row of record low unemployment levels. The rate of 3.6% for two consecutive months is the lowest in 23 years. Labor Market Information Director Wayne Rourke says the state's labor force is also growing fast. One of the interesting things that have happened in the last few months is the labor force has increased, the workforce. So there's just more people employed or seeking work in the last month. Um, these are some pretty big numbers we've seen coming up in the last year, and we're reaching some three-year highs for the workforce level and for the labor force participation rate. Michigan's labor force grew by 23,000 and the economy added 63,000 jobs year over year. Some Benton Harbor residents had plans to stage a party at Charles Yarborough Park along the river tonight, but the Benton Harbor Department of Public Safety said not so fast. 
The department posted a promotional image for the planned shindig to its Facebook page this afternoon. It wrote, quote, another illegal party is being advertised for tonight at Yarborough Park, noting no one had reserved the park and that all city parks technically close at 11 p.m. on weekends. The promotional image's promise of jello shots was also noticed by the department, which reminded everyone, quote, all alcohol sales are strictly regulated by the state of Michigan and no jello shots were in the park's future tonight. It promised to be at the park this evening with tow trucks and tickets. It advised the party's planners to reconsider the location of her gathering to somewhere outside of the city. State Representative Joey Andrews is planning an Energy Reliability, Resilience, and Accountability Task Force listening session in Benton Harbor. His office says Andrews will be available next Friday, August 25th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Lake Michigan College Todd Center in room 1304 to talk with residents about energy issues. He says, quote, promoting energy stability and affordability in the Michigan legislature starts with listening to Michiganders across the state. There will also be a Zoom option for those who can't make it in person. We will have the link at our website. And Corwell Health is hosting a discussion on the health inequities related to black maternal and infant health this month. It says the presentation is the latest installment in its Community Grand Rounds program set for August 24th. The event will be held at the Lake Michigan College Mendel Center Grand Upton Hall starting at 2 p.m. and with a virtual attendance option available. The guest speaker will be Dr. Sunita Lewis-Johnson, a board-certified family nurse practitioner and international board-certified lactation consultant. Following the keynote presentation, four community leaders and advocates for justice in black maternal and infant health will discuss ways to elevate strategies that address black maternal and infant health inequities. That would include breastfeeding support in the black community. Anyone interested in attending the presentation can register online. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Joe Biden's first trilateral meeting at Camp David has begun. Morph maybe sees Brittany Shepard. Welcome. It's a historic first. President Biden welcoming world leaders to his Maryland getaway, Camp David. South Korea's President Yoon and Japan's Prime Minister Kishida casting aside decades of hostility to confront mutual threats. During the trilateral meeting, Biden lauded the pair's political courage. He stepped up to do the hard work, the, I would argue historic work, to forge a foundation from which we can face the future together. Via translator, Yoon too underscored the grand symbolic nature of the Camp David meeting, signaling to him the opening of a new chapter. Brittany Shepard, ABC News, Washington. Firefighters work to keep open the only route out of the capital of Canada's Northwest Territories as a wildfire moved closer to the city of 20,000. Residents were rushing to beat a noon Friday deadline to evacuate Yellowknife, taking to the road in long convoys or boarding emergency flights to neighboring Alberta. The fire was within nine miles of Yellowknife. Hundreds of miles south of Yellowknife, homes were burning in British Columbia. Residents have been ordered to evacuate 2,400 properties, while another 4,800 are on evacuation alert. The town's fire chief says the wildfire grew exponentially worse than expected overnight. Canada has had a record number of wildfires this year, and hundreds are burning out of control. California's first-ever tropical storm watch has been issued as preparations are underway for Hurricane Hillary. More from ABC's Brian Clark. Some desert areas of Southern California could experience a year's worth of rain in a weekend. Riverside County Emergency Management is getting ready. We're working with a lot of different agencies to make sure that we're prepared for it even this far in advance where we don't know exactly where we might see those impacts. Spokesman Shane Reichart says they're also prepared for any aftermath. We've got areas that we can do cooling centers 
Um, we've got backup generators if we need to mobilize those. He says personal preparedness is key, like making sure cars have at least a half tank of gas or a full charge. Brian Clark, ABC News. The Federal Emergency Management Agency said today it has approved more than $5.6 million in assistance to nearly 2,000 households in Maui so far as the federal government tries to help survivors of the devastating wildfires. The White House and FEMA approved a one-time payment of $700 per household for needs like clothing, food, or transportation. The agency will also pay to put survivors up in hotels and motels and says it's paid out $1.6 million in rental assistance as of today. Those figures are expected to climb significantly as some calculations estimate the wildfires caused billions of dollars in damage. Most of the 2024 Republican field for president are deep in preparations this weekend for next week's first set of RNC debates in Milwaukee. Although the GOP frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, is unlikely to be in attendance, Galen Duke, the host and producer of the 538 Politics podcast, told ABC the Republican Party is likely to put out all the stops for the event. Wisconsin was the tipping point state, which is to say it put the winning candidate over the edge in the Electoral College for Trump in 2016, for Biden in 2020. It is such a pivotal state. It is very likely that whoever ends up winning the 2024 election will win Wisconsin. Republicans know this. They want to lavish attention on the state, particularly the suburbs around Milwaukee, which have traditionally been a sort of bedrock of support. After he was caught using a fake name, an ex-fundraiser for U.S. Congressman George Santos tried a new tactic, spelling it backwards. Sam Meal was charged Wednesday with trying to impress potential donors by assuming the identity of a former aide to a top House Republican. Santos says he fired Meal upon learning of the deception. He now says Meal later reached out pretending to be a deep-pocketed donor named Rayam Nad. Before long, staffers realized that was the name of the aide that Meal had been accused of impersonating, but spelled backwards. In an interview with the Associated Press, Santos said the move was, quote, desperate and bizarre. An attorney for Meal declined to comment. There is concern for the safety of the grand jurors in the case in Georgia against Donald Trump after those jurors' names were made public. Morph maybe sees Aaron Katursky. The racketeering indictment against former President Trump included the names of the Georgia grand jurors who voted it up. And now the Fulton County Sheriff says he's working to track down the origin of threats against them. The FBI is investigating violent threats against officials in Fulton County. Last week, a Texas woman was arrested over threats to kill the judge assigned to Trump's federal case in Washington, D.C. Trump himself has used social media to attack judges, prosecutors, and witnesses involved in all four of his criminal prosecutions. A neonatal nurse in a British hospital has been found guilty of murdering seven babies and trying to kill six others during a year-long campaign of deception when she preyed on the vulnerabilities of premature and sick newborns as well as their anxious parents. Following 22 days of deliberation, the jury in Manchester Crown Court today convicted 33-year-old Lucy Letby of killing the babies in the neonatal unit of the Countess of Chester Hospital in northwest England between 2015 and 16. Letby was accused of injecting air into infants' bloodstreams and administering air or milk into their stomachs via tubes, as well as adding insulin to feeds and interfering with breathing tubes. The end of summer is coinciding with an uptick in COVID cases as the CDC monitors a new lineage. Morph maybe sees Brian Clark. COVID-19 hospitalizations have increased over the last few weeks in the U.S., but they're still close to all-time lows. The CDC says it is monitoring a new lineage of the virus that's been seen here in the U.S. along with in Israel and in Denmark. Researchers are still learning more about BA286, but the CDC says advice to stay safe remains the same with items like staying up to date with vaccines and improving ventilation. Brian Clark, ABC News. 
And at the box office this weekend, the first live-action comic book movie featuring a Latino character could bump Barbie from the top spot. Here's Jason Nathanson. Blue Beetle is not only a DC comic book's movie, it's a love letter to strong Latinas. You always land on your feet, bro. Angel Manuel Soto directs the film, which features DC's first Latino superhero and his family. Soto says he wanted the film to shine a spotlight on his ancestors, the women in particular. None of my family is a dancer in distress. They're tougher than I can ever be. And we wanted to honor that because it is important to see our, the women in our lives differently than society has pushed them to be. Blue Beetle might take Barbie out of the top spot at the box office this weekend. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.